0: Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're listening to the C-Space Studio Podcast. Interviews with technology, media, and marketing leaders from CES 2020. Hi, I'm James Kotecki. You're here with me in the C-Space Studio it's CES 2020. Here with us, Howard Mittman, CEO of Bleacher hey, Report. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, appreciate it. So I think probably a lot of people have heard of Bleacher Report, but I'm always curious about how executives define their own brands.
1: So what is Bleacher Report to you? We exist simply to make it as easy as possible to be a sports fan. So regardless of where it is you want to experience sports and sports culture content, uh, whatever format, distribution mechanism, whatever game, um, passion point you may have, Bleacher Report is there to make it as easy as possible 50% of our traffic comes on our app which we have over 20 million total downloads and 9.5 million consumers opted in to receive alerts Um, and the rest comes across a a varied variety of spectrums, the largest being social
0: So as we move into an era of technological disruption and just our attention being divided in so many different places where does sports fit into the mix? Is it still something uh, people prioritize and watch live?
1: Yes. Look, it, at the end of the day, um, sports matters, right? Um, sports fans uh, have a, a passion and a deliberate intention. Um, those games, that, those passions are... Um, sought out. They're not necessarily found. And I think a lot of what we consume today especially across social is you're happy to consume it, you find it, but you don't really seek it out. Um, sought out content, live sports content is that. Uh, increasingly though we're seeing a, a highlight driven culture and we own and run House of Highlights um, which is a you know marvelous brand, maybe the most disruptive brand in all of sports right now uh, that's driving a, a really different kind of culture and widening the aperture on who and what is a sports fan.
0: And so, do those trends uh, become especially pronounced as you get to younger generations? How is Gen Z looking at sports, for example, compared to millennials or other people?
1: Yeah, I think each generation is becoming increasingly more fragmented and fragmented, you know, even within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're finding, some of the trends that we found that are interesting to us, is in Gen Z. Uh, I mentioned, you know, widening the aperture on on who's a sports fan. Um, we're not just looking at what happens off the court; we're looking off the court. So. Mm-hmm. NBA, as an example, used to be about opening tip-off to the handing out of the trophies, and then you went on your way to fall baseball, and then football, and then you re-engaged in the fall. It's a 365-day year endeavor. Uh, It's more of a soap opera, really. It's more of like a the Marvel or the DC universe, where you have heroes and villains, and you have a constant sort of cast of characters that are not just playing the sport, but that are um, creating content themselves and engaging consumers. 24-7, 24-7, that is of great interest uh, the younger you get.
0: But the difference may be, if you have heroes and villains in the Marvel universe, it's clear who is supposed to be which, and everybody in the audience is probably thinking of everybody in the same way. If I'm a fan of a sports team that most people think is the villain, but I think they're the hero, is there a way to get me content that speaks to that? Yeah, I think, look, hyper-local
1: content's always going to exist. You know, one of the advantages we have, we think, is um, in our app, we... we, we a platform strategy. And so we don't think of ourselves any different than any platform. And what that means is we're aggregating and we're having content submitted from across the world um, so that if you log on to the Bleacher Report app, it's not as if you're just reading Bleacher Report content. Mm-hmm. You're reading content from anywhere. So the streams you subscribe to, if let's say um, you know, you're a Carolina Panthers fan, I think you're from down there, my guess is you might, right. You might be. Sure. Right, I'm a Jets fan. Um, we're playing each other. We might get some of the same content, but we're also going to get different content depending on the streams that we
0: engage with. With. When we speak about this highlight culture, I think one way to look at that might be: well, there's just, there's there's fewer places to sell ads because people are just watching shorter and shorter clips. Yeah. But another way that you're talking about, it seems like to me, is you could bring people in who would never watch sports but will only yeah. watch highlights, and so that actually brings new people into the mix.
1: That's exactly right. Um, and you know, when when you think about that in terms of ads, you know, you're referencing a. 30-second spot, it sounds like, right? Which is, you know, probably still the lingua franca of our business, but in reality on a more um, broad spectrum um, advertising and advertising opportunities are taking on a variety of different shapes at this point. Um, for example, um, branded content. Take Instagram as an example. In 2019, 51 of the top 100 branded content pieces across all of Instagram, not just sports, but all of Instagram, were created by Bleacher Report. You think about that, there's a lot of brands out there, there's a lot of brands doing things. We understand branded content, we understand how to create connections, we understand how to tie those storylines back from that DC universe, if you will, into our world and, and create entry points for brands to frictionlessly or seamlessly sort of fit into the middle of it so you're presenting experiences and you know we've always I've always operated by the mantra that branded content is only branded when it sucks. If it's good, it's just content. Just because to
0: the audience, it just feels like something they would not want to get
1: anyway. Exactly right. Yeah. And so the more that we can engage consumers by giving them a value proposition that they enjoy, that they're looking for, versus giving them 30 seconds that they have to wait for their actual content mm-hmm. to start, the more opportunistic it can be for us to take advertising messages and create opportunities to engage younger fans. I'm
0: talking to Howard Mittman, CEO of Bleacher Report, what do other brands get wrong about branded content? What are some of the obvious blunders you see?
1: Yeah, um, I think you have to create branded content that looks and feels um, like a perfect marriage or union between your content sensibility and the content sensibility of the brand that you're creating for. When you do that right um, and you come at it from a perspective of what is it that consumers want to see, I think that you can do something spectacular. When you come about it in terms of like, look, we're just trying to sort of break through and get someone's attention and we have a story to tell regardless of who's listening, invariably that's where it fails. Mm.
0: So we're talking about content. You actually have a video production studio here in Las Vegas, is that right, at Caesars? We do, yeah. So tell me about that, What, why that happened and what you've learned from it. Yeah, so um, look,
1: sports fans are, or betters are better sports fans, right? They watch more, they engage more, they're a higher level of intensity around it. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad, depending on the bet, I guess. Sure. Um, so what we did is we built out a 24-7, 365 content studio on the um, casino floor in the sports book of Caesars Palace. We also have a, a large office space there and we think about betting as an entry point, not just to sort of bet, but as an entry point to tell broader stories around sports and the personality around the culture of sports betting and gambling and Las Vegas as a whole. So our studio is in Caesars, but our office space is, you know, our... Real sort of space is Las Vegas as a whole.
0: Sure. And what do you mean by 24 7? Does that mean there's just a live stream happening all the time? But no. is there actually content being programmed in all this? We have branded shows that we do that fill up certain
1: times. Again, you're filming in a live space that's highly valuable to Caesar, so it can't be 24 7. That's just not possible. Yeah. But what we do is we, we do the best that we can to not be disruptive, and we're also creating content and content experiences that attract fans into. Caesars Palace. So mm. we are helping them fill seats. We are helping them bring in the right kind of younger demos, millennial and Gen Z consumers that they're looking for. Sure. Esports. Do you think about that? Is that on your radar at all? Yeah. We do We do some esports coverage you know, through Turner. We, we uh, own the E-League um, and we have some esports covers that we do through VR uh, Gaming. So it, it is something that we think about um, for sure.
0: Okay. And uh, But is it do you see any trends there is you think it's going to pick up significantly or is it just, is it, is it something that you're kind of still experimenting with? I think it's something that we're slightly beyond test and learn but I,
1: I wouldn't say we're, we're all in with. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a couple of interesting, unique um, shows that we do and programs and what I'm really interested in, we just launched a show called Battle Stations mm-hmm. so Battle Stations is a great example where we're sitting down, you take 19, 20, 21, 22, 25 year old professional athletes they're all gamers, right? Now some of them are gaming Fortnite or you know League of Legends or other things. and some of them are just you know, playing themselves. You're talking NBA about athletes traditional sports who Trad- are gamers. Traditional and, sports. Yeah. And so what I'm interested in is that marriage and that cross-section between the two. So it's almost like a, an MTV Cribs-like yes. experience where we go into their homes and they're showing our audience their gaming setup and their stations. and They're, they're pretty pimped out. They're, they're excited <laughs> about it. Um, and so we're doing things like that. Uh, we have a couple other opportunities that we do. And so bringing those two worlds together is something mm. that, that is more interesting to me right now than, say,
0: hosting our own esports tournament. Got it. And we're talking about millennials and Gen Z and focusing on that audience. Famously, those are the most diverse uh, demographics, I think, that we've ever had in American yeah. history. Um, how do you think about that from a perspective of the content you create and that kind of uh, need for diversity?
1: I think you have to think about it. It should be at a point where um, you're doing that organically. You know, the reality of, of most of the major American sports that we cover is that um, the lack of diversity, right? And so when you have built a culture around sports and and sports content that is largely driven by young African-American men and the, the, you know, insane godly abilities that they've been sort of um, granted or cultivated, um, you have to think about culture and you have to think about their culture and what works for them. We we view ourselves as an athlete-friendly brand. We, We love sports, right? So we're not looking to take anyone down we're not looking to sort of create controversy or you know be irreverent to the point where um, you know we're, we're running afoul of, of um, celebrating the athletes and the sports that we love.
0: 2020 what are you most excited about?
1: 2020. Uh, CES obviously who's not? Great. Yeah.
0: That's a fantastic answer and we'll end <laughs> yeah. it there. Howard Mittman awesome. CEO of Bleacher Report. Thanks for the time. Appreciate hey thanks so much nice for to being here. You. Yeah thank you. This podcast is in partnership with the iHeart Podcast Network.